You can't spell America without Erica in this special episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hey everybody, I'm John Dotson, and today I'm joined by... Travis. And Tim. And it's time to turn this podcast upside down for our view of Netflix Stranger Things Season 3. All right, before we get into yield spoiler section, we're going to give our spoiler-free thoughts on Netflix, Stranger Things, <laughs> Season 3. Travis, take it away. I think this was a fantastic season. I don't think that it managed to capture the lightning in the bottle of Season 1, because, I mean, that just kind of came out of nowhere and was amazing. But uh, I see people online, like, uh, critics and user reviews alike saying that it was not as good as season two. And I disagree. I think it was better than season two. Um, oh yeah. I by highly a pretty disagree good with margin. that. Yeah. By a pr- it didn't have good the, margin. didn't have the X-Men stuff in it. So it's better by design. I agree with that. Yes. Yes. Um, I feel like they doubled down on a lot of stuff with the eighties nostalgia. It seemed like the John Hughes type stuff was amped up. Like they started that with season two. They amped it up a lot in season three. Like they added in, this isn't a huge spoiler. They added in a lot of Russian hysteria, which was such a big thing in the 80s and fits so well with the plot this season. And just, you know, everything going on in the mall was straight out of an 80s movie. It was like that one uh, scene they cut out of x-men apocalypse that would have made the movie so much better i don't know if you've seen that but i thought about that scene a lot watching stranger things season three it was they're both such huge callbacks to 80s culture and i love how they doubled down on that the the plot uh the plot went in ways i didn't expect and i didn't expect the group to kind of split up honestly that's not a again not a big spoiler that happens pretty early on um we kind of have three separate stories going through most of the season and that works really well to get and kind of comes together in the end really well. Uh, yeah. Spoiler free. That's all I got, but I love this season. Yeah. Stranger things. Season three does an empire strikes back and it splits, it splits everybody up into really interesting configurations. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Tim, your thoughts on stranger things three. All right. So I definitely think, season three was better than season two so if there was anybody who thought season two was kind of a bit of a drop off in quality season three i think turns around and it's a lot better i also kind of um there's really no other good place to talk about this so i'll just mention it here in the spoiler free section but um i think i've mentioned on previous episodes that every year i plan a trip with some friends and we go to halloween horror nights at universal studios Last year, they had a Stranger Things maze, and it was all based on season one. This year, they're doing season two, and if they keep up with the trend, next year, they'll probably do a maze based on season three, and I desperately hope that they do, because some of the uh, imagery 
and set pieces that showed up in season three would make for a fantastic maze, and I really hope that they go for it. <laughs> As it is, I'm excited for the season two maze, because uh, there's going to be some pretty good, like, you know, good set pieces. Like, you know they're going to throw in the, uh, the, the underground tunnels and stuff like that that I think is going to be really fun. Well, season two was also around Halloween, too, which makes it amazing. That, too. That kind which, of motif. Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, season three is going to make a fantastic maze. It's got some really great scares. There's some, you know, fun new, I guess we'll say villains, um, trying to keep it as spoiler free as possible here, that uh, would be pretty scary to show up in a maze. So I, I really hope that they go for that. Aside from that, the uh, the team ups that they kind of split everybody off into, they it makes sense. And I really liked how there's kind of like these, everybody is following these sort of like separate like plots, but they all tie in together and they all come together right at the end so that everybody kind of, you know, all the pieces fall into place. Everybody meets up and then work towards the, uh, the end there. I thought that was really fun. I don't know if I can really get into much more before we start getting into spoilers. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll stop it there. So I have no idea how this is doing in terms of review scores or Metacritic or anything like that. Travis, maybe you can look up Metacritic and then let us know in a minute after you figure that out. Um, But now I'm curious because I just watched the show and talked to a few handful of friends about it and everyone really loved it. So and I thought it was really good. I think the most obvious thing that I saw straight away in episode one was, my goodness, they have a budget now. Um, and boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. Did that yep. budget go to pay for the 80s soundtrack? This season might as well be called the 80s pop music soundtrack. Oh my gosh, the soundtrack was so great. I know. Um, they Somehow, the Duffer Brothers shake down Netflix for a couple bucks. They're like, hey, do you know how much those freaks at Game of Thrones make an episode for? Do you know how much they have? And I think they got money uh, because it's all on screen here and in the soundtrack. And I'm going to talk about stuff and spoilers that made my brain because the, the licensing they have to do to get some of these scenes to work toward the end is insane. And it was so much fun to see where they went with some of these nerd culture, pop culture references. Not only do they have right away, this isn't a spoiler because it's in the first episode, but they have the kids watching Day of the Dead, which is really cool. And they don't even stop. They give you like in the first episode, they give you a spoiler of a movie they're going to see later and they do it. They do it and they take music from it. Oh, man, I can't wait to talk about what that is. But um, if Travis is right, Stranger Things season three feels like an 80s movie like the Hughes, you know, like John Hughes would make and that kind of thing. And I think that it basically says, hey, what if we made the most Stranger Thingsy season fan service movie ever? <laughs> because that's what the season is. It's it's like they so they they found out what people really liked about season two, which was the intro, couple episodes of them in the arcade, and they're like, let's just do that so much more. And then they did the mall and you know, they did Chips Ahoy with Steve Harrington and they brought him back, you know, to not brought him back, but his character is and their relationship with 
um, Dustin and is so much more in this show. They basically just doubled down on everything that makes it great. Got an amazingly incredible budget and they just just the 80s pop nostalgia is off the charts here. And I could see where people would miss the stripped down, simplified story of season one, because it really is. I mean, they had less budget. They were a lot more focused. It wasn't a, a total pop culture reference season. And then they're like, wow, this season seems so much more decadent than anything in season one. And people would be right. It absolutely is. I, I think another critique that I'm hearing of season three is that it pretty much does the same Stranger Things story again. And they're not wrong. It's the same show again. Right? It's the upside down again. Sort of. Bad guy from it. Like, that's not a spoiler. <laughs> I don't I don't think. <laughs> right? So it's just different. But it's the same and I love it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that's what the show is. Some people are saying that like it's like bad. It's like, hey, guys, did you watch the 10 seasons of The Next Generation? They're still on that fucking spaceship. <laughs> Any still season, monster- they've done something different with it. Like this time, and I don't want to get into spoilers, but this time yeah. it's an entirely different thing. A From, different, different way to yeah. Yeah. address it. Put it that way. I agree. I totally agree with you, Travis. But if what annoyed you about the next generation about this never annoyed anyone, is like they're still on that fucking spaceship. <laughs> this, I guess the season will annoy you. Um, I don't know. It just seems like it's a season made for Stranger Things fans to go squee. And then maybe people just don't like that. And that's cool. Or maybe just it wasn't your style or you really just wanted more horror or something. But I'll give you this. Like the first 15 minutes of this show is like the bloodiest the show has ever been. Uh, it's the most staged and choreographed I've ever seen. Like they just do this stuff in Russia with this guy, you know, who's like getting burned alive and it's phenomenal. Like they do this like Matrix-esque camera work where it goes around and you're just like, what did this show turn into? Like the, the, the amount of production is phenomenal. So spoiler alert, I really like the season a lot. It's like if they took the cake that was Stranger Things one and they gave you four cakes <laughs> in a season like that's what you're going to get. Some people don't like they don't want to eat four cakes. Amazing. I get it. I, I ha- like four cakes. And I have that uh, Metacritic breakdown here. Please. What is it? All right. So season one, Metascore 76, user score 8.9. Season two, Metascore goes up to 78, which is odd. User score goes down to 8.2. But... Season three, both of them go down to the lowest. 72 Metascore, 7.3 user score. Um, I think it's official. I don't understand that. No, uh, no. Either. These people are either. crazy, dude. Season three is way better than season two. Okay, so <laughs> I don't I like season two. I mean, like, I liked them all. Yeah. You know, I just think they're yeah. all really different. I think you see the show just getting more of its footing. I think maybe what you're seeing is Stranger Things is the biggest show now around. That's not because Game of Thrones is over. So it's like, I think, I don't know, maybe there's a bigger show, maybe there's some singing and dancing show or something that's more popular. I don't know. I don't watch that shit. But like, um, so it's going to get more critique from that. It's going to get everyone talking about it. It's like the biggest thing around now, right? So cool. That's cool. Like, I think that's fine. I think that's fair. I mean, it's in the, it's in an enviable spot.
Okay, so we're going to talk about spoilers. Um, so I'm going to kick things over to Tim. Tim, spoil up Stranger Things Season 3. Anything you got to get off your chest burster? I'm sorry, that was a really <laughs> stupid alien reference. Go ahead. It's you. Okay, so I... I really liked that they got into uh, a little bit more of the horror aspect of Stranger Things. And there's some, you know, there's some real body horror taking place in this season with uh, people basically like. So the Mind Flayer from season two has kind of like, you know, reached into um, our into the real world a little bit here and is making. First, it started by making rats kind of like go crazy and like eat all these chemicals and then like, you know, all meet up in this one place and like explode into goo. And then the goo starts forming into this monster. But then it starts spreading into people. And then you get these scenes of first of all, there's the sort of like the body snatchers horror of these people that have been infected by the mind flare Um attacking and acting weird and you know kidnapping other people and then later on you get the body horror of these like humans basically like they're melting and then morphing into each other and stuff it was it was crazy and i actually really liked the horror aspects to it i thought that was really well done travish yeah that was like (laughs) i think pretty much in the first 15 minutes like you somebody said in the spoiler free like you see all these rats exploding like oh my god what the hell is going on here that was (laughs) and then later on it starts happening to people (laughs) right and that was just freaking uh, the the effects were amazing like watching the mounds of flesh kind of ooze together it was it was i don't want to say it was beautiful but it kind of was um and billy Billy as kind of the mind flayer's helper kind of ushering people to join up in the mind flayer legion, I guess Billy was amazing this season. His actor whose name I should know is incredible and really didn't get a chance to show off in season two, but in season three, he really does. And like, I'm going to go way to the end here. Like the very last scene with Billy in it, when he's fighting off the mind flayer and you just see like, his expression looking simultaneously sad about what he's been doing and still in control or still being controlled by the mind flare and the one tear coming down his cheek. Some of the best acting that I've seen in any TV show ever. It was fantastic. Um, you know, I mentioned the, the group splitting off in the spoiler free and in one of my, I guess probably my favorite group is the scoops troop with Steve Harrington yes. and Dustin and a uh, newcomer whose name I can't character name. I can't remember played by uh, Uma Thurman's daughter, who was a great addition to the crew. Robin, Robin. Yes. <clears throat> and, um, you know, Steve and Dustin have been the best part of any scene that they are in since the show started. And I love that they doubled down on this so hard this season because they play off each other so well and their relationships maturing as well. You know, they're, they're having more real conversations with each other instead of just goofing off. Dustin has a girlfriend now. Dustin has a girlfriend that nobody believes exists. Spoiler alert. She's real. (laughs) She's real. (laughs) She's real. And then we finally meet her in the last episode. And 
what is probably the most memorable scene. It's probably not the best, but it's probably the most memorable scene of the season when they have a ham radio awesome. duet of the never ending story theme song. Right. Which is what I mean about this isn't the scene that I was talking about earlier where they licensed everything. But yeah, they have a budget. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. So for me, I think season so season I don't re- remember season one as much, but to my recollection, that season was doing the slasher movie with uh, the Demi Gorgon and the the sort of horror films where, you know, someone's taken and you're trying to figure out where they're going. Season two seemed more like a possession film, you know, kind of like The Exorcist meets, I don't know, like a team up fighting the bad guys, kind of like Evil Dead thing. And I think yeah. season three takes a couple of elements. I think the mind flare and the way that it's kind of like the blob meets alien a little bit. I really got a lot of alien vibes from it in terms of, you know, how they're, you know, taking people to it and it's got to, you know, prey on people and that kind of thing. And it's like, you know, and then also the Terminator, like the Terminator was huge. The references were just the, it, were really big. And you can see that in all the scenes with the Russian who's going after um <clears throat> who's going after the people like uh hopper hopper and uh right and and what what's his uh his uh whose mom was that i forget what's her name joyce joyce hopper yeah. and joyce the terminator is essentially going after them he's got his like look at look at the character's uh, clothes and then the t- original Terminator skulls. Like he's got oh, yeah. gloves that are yeah. just the same. He's got a haircut that's the same. He's got sunglasses <laughs> that are the same. He does a lot of the same kind of things. He's the slow walk. So Stranger Things 3 is like, let's just do, you know, Terminator meets the blob or alien or whatever, which is great, which is really great. And and I kind of want to talk about um the thing that I mentioned earlier, which is at the end of the show they go see Back to the Future, which is crazy because that's a lot of money to license that. They actually get the movie in there and then they bring the soundtrack (laughs) from Back to the Future for a scene that they play that's incredible. It's just so cool. They play the same music as part of the soundtrack for the show. So um, that's kind of what I mean about sort of doubling down on that kind of fan service and the like. Uh, which I really enjoyed. They just kind of had those really fun moments because if you look at Stranger Things season one and two, typically what happens is the first couple episodes are really fun and then it gets super dark throughout the rest of the show, right? Mm -hmm. And the only season that sort of pulled the fun back a little bit was at the end of season two when they had the dance. You get a little bit of reprieve there. But season three, to its credit, actually is a lot of fun in the first four shows And then kind of brings the fun back here and there. So I really do think for me, who just doesn't kind of want a slog of, well, it's not like ever the seasons were ever a slog for me, but who would like this show to be a little bit more notes than just now it's fun and now super dark, you know, to the end. Um, Season three really does that. And I think that it's to its credit, because if you look at how people are consuming stuff now, if you just started on Netflix and wanted to watch Stranger Things, it'd be a really dark show if you're binging the whole thing. So when you have these seasons that can do more than just super dark, it makes them easier to binge, right? It makes it more fun. Season three is going to be a highlight and a break, frankly, when you're binging all the way through whatever seasons they're making. So I'm glad that it's here. Um, I think that that kind of 
you know, and the fact that, you know, you get a lot of different styles where you get different, you know, folks teaming up and it kind of goes in different directions and it doesn't even seem like it's together until the very end is good. It's to its credit. So I think that uh, in a world where you're going to binge this stuff all at once again, and believe me, I'm probably going to binge the show again, like all at once, like season oh, yeah. three is going to be great for that. So. Yeah, we haven't talked much about the the actual core group and what they were doing, but it seemed like their kind of purpose for the, most of the season was coming of age story. I mean, they they seems like most of the big overarching plot was done elsewhere, but their story kind of dealt with issues that kids deal with. And I especially loved the Eleven and Mike breakup. I dump your ass and like the whole yeah. um, like the friendship that Eleven and Max are building and like everything surrounding that I thought was really well done. And it was kind of, kind of nice to see uh, different people getting to take on different things. I agree. And I think that one thing to the seasons for me detriment was Mike and Eleven's relationship. I no longer understand because I don't think that, not that I don't understand being, you know, like in love with, you know, your first love and like liking to kiss a bunch. That's not what I don't understand about it. Like that was funny and really cute. And so I just don't get why she like likes him. Right. Because for me, like that Finn Wolf or whatever his name is, like, I just don't I don't know. I felt like if they're, you know, I just don't get that relationship. And his character is not one that I can particularly relate to. And he's being a douchebag in this episode of the season. And he is being one, by the way, like that's what his character is in this season, which is like, you know, like kind of a lippy kid who is kind of like. I don't know, just the annoying boyfriend, I guess, like that was really rough for me, I guess. And they're showing like a reality of what, you know, these kinds of relationships are, but you know, I think she should dump his ass for infinity. <laughs> you so what, you're, what you're trying to say is that girl, you can do so much better. Um, yeah, yeah, you can actually. Uh, <laughs> but I think this season breaks up the band, right? Because it basically says, Hey, you know what you loved about the show? Yep. It's going to change. Yeah. And maybe that's what people are bummed about, you know, maybe. Because that is just how things are. Like, you're not best friends, most people, with the kids you were in grade school. And I think that that was a real rough part of the season for me, and I think really landed well, which was when Will wants to play D&D, and they don't even give a shit. They're just, they're so into the other things that are happening. Yeah. And I feel that, dude. You know, um, I want to go back to those days, you know, where we just could hang out and play video games or whatever, you know, D&D games for 80,000 years, you know, and he feel like it's this first time, you know, that he's not possessed by Satan <laughs> <laughs> and he can't do any, he can't, he can't do anything. No, no one wants to hang out with him essentially. And that's rough, dude. It's rough. You know, um, you know, everyone wants justice for Barb. I want justice for Will. Like, when's he going to get to play D&D? You know, he hasn't been able to for the last three years, you know, so <laughs> Um, I feel bad for the kid, you know, That'd be like me and wait until you're in your thirties to start your group. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just have kids, man, have kids, but, uh, <laughs> maybe you can play with them, you know, but yeah, I, th- they break up the band and, and everyone's going different directions at the end. And I think that's again, to the show's credit, you need to, you need to impose change over time or it's just, you know, just monster of the week show. And I think that stranger things is, 
you know, start out with these humble beginnings and it's kind of moving into something a little bit different, but it's definitely going to play the hits. It's definitely that kind of show. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad they broke the band up. And speaking of the end, that scene where, well, backstory, Hopper appears to die. Everybody thinks he's dead. At least we'll say that. And um, absolutely not dead at all. He's just on the other side or something. Yeah, pro- like that, right? well, I mean, can, can we all just agree that he's not probably dead? Yeah, and I oh, think that no, he's I, I in think Russia he's, in that jail cell. Yeah, I think the Russians found him because they make a reference to the American that's yeah. in one of the cells, you know, and they say, "No, no, not him. Get the other guy." So, oh, I'm, I'm pretty I totally sure missed that, that. Oh, okay. yeah. So, I'm pretty sure that that American they're talking about is going to be Hopper. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I just figured, like, they don't show him dying. Yeah. So he's not dead. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, they didn't bring, like, they didn't bring in a new character to kill, like, you know, they did yeah. with Sean Astin or whatever, who, which I want back, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I know there's the know. Justice for Barb thing. I, I just want Sean Astin back, you know. Bring back <laughs> yeah, but um, Hopper had written a letter to Eleven that, uh, he never read to her like he had planned and Joyce had the letter and gave it to 11 at the end. And that scene of her reading it, like I, I felt the beats leading up to Hopper dying, like, okay, Hopper is going to die. But then after he died, I'm like, okay, he's probably not really dead. So it didn't really hit me with the emotional punch, but the scene of her reading that letter really did. That was such an effective scene. Absolutely. I thought the ending with him reading that was beautiful. You know, he's a, He's a fantastic actor who's also got a Netflix thing that he did um, called Frank. It's something about Frankenstein or I Frankenstein, Frankenstein I or something like that. Um, Watch it. It's really cool. Um, It's just this sort of takedown of method acting and it's really great. You should watch it where he plays his dad, but it's fictionalized. It's it's, it's even weird to talk about, but you should see it. Um, Frankenstein's monsters, monster Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I think the show did really well was they started out the whole premise of Starcourt Mall, which was, you know, and they actually dealt with that, which is, you know, how, you know, the mall changed the old sort of America where you'd have a mom and pop shop and now big corporate, you know, business is coming in and it's taking away the and it shows how it impacts Joyce's job and the general store and the town in general and that the actual star core, and I love how the show winds it up because I think the writing is so on point in this season, which is it's actually Russians <laughs> that, yeah. that built them all to yep. get into the town to hide the power draw from their thing underground, which is so cool. It's such a great idea. Um, but then tying it into just sort of how it's changing small town America and you know, and then the Russians are at the other end of it. And like, I have serious reservations that the Russians could build a military installation in the United States of America <laughs> without the government knowing it. However, the 80s were dumber, I suppose. But holy smokes, that's one heck of a of a of a mission. Like they just have hundreds, thousands of people underground and no government people knew about it. Like amazing <laughs> and the broadcasting on a channel that some kids picked up with their cb radios i know i know it's right. like all right cool you didn't you don't notice you know i mean apparently the immigration in 80s sucked or something i thought that was pretty rad
So different interviews over the years um, suggest that season four or five could be the last season. Um, I thought it would be season four. Travis is like, no, no, no. They said it could continue on. I mean, you know, maybe they'll never stop as long as Netflix backs up the money truck. Clearly, they had quite a money truck for this season. Um, I guess I'll ask, how many more seasons do we want? Like, Travis, how many how many more Stranger Things do you want? I want them to make as many seasons as they can make and have them still be good and not just rehash the same stuff over and over again. If that's four or if that's eight, I'm fine either way. I'll be in 100%. But I want them to get out while they're ahead and not leave us wanting more, not leave us kind of getting sick of it. Um, I So they could end it now, I mean, because we want more. But do you want another season or? Yeah, I think they still got another one or two seasons in them to make okay. things make things interesting. I think that season three could have been a perfect end, though, if they had planned that. Um, I don't think that's what they planned, but the ending of season three could have been a very satisfying series ender. I agree. Tim, how many more seasons do you want? I like that the creators have an end in mind. <clears throat> and so I want them to just put out enough seasons to where they can get to that satisfactory conclusion and then end on a high note. I think a lot of shows, unfortunately, suffer when they've been around for a little too long. And, you know, after a while, the writers are just kind of like creating new stuff for the characters to do just because they need to make a new season and not because they had any particular plan or because it's working towards any, you know, perceivable goal. I really like it when a show is able to go out kind of on its own terms. So I, if they have four seasons in mind and that ends their vision, then I, I hope they stick with it. They don't just keep making new seasons just to do that. If they, you know, decide, you know what, actually, we probably need five seasons to do this or six seasons to do it. Go for it. As long as they've, you know, thought it out, they have a plan and it's not just continuing it just to keep making more Stranger Things casts, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, I, I that's kind of I wish more shows approach their their, you know, show like that where they have kind of an end goal in mind and they work towards that yes 100 percent. i'm with you guys although i have a more like authentically cynical take i suppose which is i don't care if it's just for the money just do the show i mean i'll stop watching if it's bad but you know like whatever you know i i think that the you know i mean clearly i don't want infinity seasons like the simpsons i suppose but i i think that that clearly has an audience for the infinity seasons you know and that's cool like continue you know is matt graining involved probably not <laughs> but you know whatever that's cool i mean stranger things could go on into infinity i guess so that, you know that's fine again like i said i don't have to watch it um but i think that i would if i were them and i'm not and i'm glad that i'm not i would probably end it in two seasons so you're going to get next. What I would do next season is their senior year or something like that. And then or their juniors or their, you know, not, you know, you, you don't talk about their grade, but they're clearly like leaving, you know, and then I do fifth year uh, college um, and that kind of thing, because where they have to come back to Hawkins or something like that, because I think it like gives the them enough time to make the seasons great but then also say something about these points in your life, 
right? Um, you could do like, you know, because there are a lot of really cool 80s movies, you know, real genius where they did college stuff and that kind of thing. And I think you could do that interesting or like what it's like to rekindle friendships as an older, you know, as you're older in your life. And, you know, what does that look like? And, you know, as you sort of, you know, move on with your life and what, you know, what are these characters becoming and that kind of thing. So that's kind of like what I might do. But, you know, I'm sure they're going to do something great, too. Um, they've they've done it so far. So I think that's what I would like to see. Um, and as far as the show after season three, I think we've all been kind of saying the same thing in terms of what we want to see, which is just continue it on, you know, um, make it. All right. So uh, what I think John is trying to say here is he hopes this turns into the never ending story. (laughs) 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 Okay. So for our review of stranger things three, Tim ghost scale review. I mean, it's pretty clear that this series as a whole was made specifically to hit all the things that Tim likes. So for me, it's a must watch. Travis, I think it's a must watch 100 percent. You know, I've complained a bit about season two, but I still think season two was a must watch and this one's better. So, yeah, definitely must watch. You know, I'm going to give it a rad, even though I thought it was really I thought it was maybe we just reviewed Spider-Man Far From Home. I think it's better than that, actually, um, for me. But there's just so much more here to sink your teeth into. They made eight movies into a TV show, which was which is incredible. I just, you know, whether it's a must watch is obviously, I think, for you to decide if you like the first two seasons of Stranger Things, you've got a Netflix sub. Yeah, do it it you know and if you've never seen the show jump in it's really great i i loved it i can't wait for more this was on my you know top things that i was anticipating for this year and it was fantastic it was like i said it was like eating four cakes um i can't wait for season four which is eating eight cakes so yeah stranger things three hmm Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening. <laughs>